Hello and welcome to Talking HE. My name is Santini Vasant. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Tiramani Nadan. We discuss the complex and sensitive issues around diversity and inclusion and touch upon racism in higher education. Some of the issues discussed in this podcast may be difficult for some of our listeners to hear. Nevertheless, we hope you find this episode useful. Hi, I'm Tirmani Nadan. I'm an independent researcher on uh, internationalization, digital and inclusive higher education. I mostly work on changemaker type projects with disruptive leadership in mind, that is mostly improving processes and projects. Currently, I'm focusing on diversity and equity, and I'm doing a lot of work around racism within the UK higher education. Thank you for joining us on Talking HE. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you're doing with the Association for Learning Technology? Group only became an SIG, a special interest group, very, very recently, and we're still kind of in the procedural stages at the moment. And the SIG itself will be officially promoted sometime around February or March. Uh, we're hoping, end of February, we're hoping to have a, a, a more clarity on the new directions of the group under the ALT umbrella particularly since racism is a very sensitive and complex topic. I'm currently the co-chair of the newly formed SIG and I've been one of the facilitators since May 2021. Right now, as a co-chair, I'm putting together uh, SOPs for the committee. Um, In January and February, we'll be gathering suggestions from the group members, particularly on new processes that they would like to see within ALT and even changes within existing processes. Uh, with anti-racism of your in mind. I'm also working on a survey to capture our members' current workplace situation uh, and this will allow us to make uh, an impact assessment sometime after six months and also obviously in the long run. But within the one year of existence um, uh, as a group, uh, I mean not under ALD, we've uh, been doing quite a lot of work already. There are three active groups with outputs, so we've got guidance for content developers, we've got research connected activities, and we've got recruitment and staff development. I'm myself an active member of the last two groups, and there's also a reading group. And as part of the recruitment and um, staff development group, I'm currently working on a guideline for recruitment, so these will be delivered in the stages, that is, uh, application, um, shortlisting, and interview, and, and, and the different stages of recruitment. And within this group, um, along with the other co-chair and, and myself, we plan to do uh, a detailed job uh, advert analysis. I'm also planning um, a workshop series. And, um, the workshops will cover stages of the pyramid when tackling sectorial racism. Uh, actually, outside um, the anti-racism learning technology work, I also uh, I'm also working on an independent project, which is roadmap and toolkit for an institutional anti-racism within uh, UK And as an independent researcher, I've got the freedom of telling and writing about stories and example with factual correctness without the fear of reprisal. Um, I'm enjoying this uh, project and I hope to make it freely available sometime in spring or summer. So the workshops within the SIG will be based a bit on the roadmap that I've just mentioned and they'll be, they'll cover the different 
um, stages uh, when tackling anti-racism within HE. So the first of them, which is conscious raising session, it will be a bit like what we've already been doing in the group, uh, in the monthly group meeting, uh, where people have a safe place to discuss. But uh, the only difference is uh, it will be uh, more structured uh, with specific themes. And then moving one step up, um, I'll be covering topics like unconscious bias, um, which will be addressed with a series of exercises and, and examples. And then obviously moving higher up, more action-oriented and de looking deeper into topics, into issues and, and, and finding solutions and actioning on those solutions. The workshop series, as I currently plan, they will include pre-workshop and post-workshop exercises, um, but uh, all these work obviously uh, will need commitment from members who, who will register for the series uh, series of workshop. I'm also envisaging a set of parallel trainings that is only training, right? Uh, for those who may not be able to commit to the workshop series. But I'm personally against this as it is just a form of performative anti-racism, which will take participants to nowhere. Are there any plans for toolkits or resources that senior or middle leaders can use for their personal development? As part of the roadmap, uh, I'm basically doing it level. So anybody, let's say um, a VC, senior manager, line manager or staff, a junior staff can just go in and then they see what are the issues and then they can pick things that they can do because obviously um, that's power dynamics as institution. <laughs> that's that's mm. how it is. And mm. uh, this is basically the independent project that I'm running, but I would very much like to see this. That's why uh, we are actually meeting up with uh, with the new CEO of Alt uh, in February, and I'm hoping to be able to address this because uh, racism is quite, as I said earlier, it's quite a complex and sensitive issue. So we'll obviously have to navigate uh, within the parameters of Alt or even create new parameters if needs be so that certain things can be addressed openly and, and honestly. I know you mentioned earlier your work on job descriptions. Can you share with us some examples? There are actually two sets of problems to recommend in the um, learning technology sector. And the first one relates to the generic issues which we have in all other sectors um, within ECHI and beyond ECHI. Uh, how we phrase uh, our um, job advert and basically we're looking for a particular person that we like. So for the purpose of this podcast, I've actually just looked up at six current job advert uh, to have some fresh materials for discussion today. And um, I don't have to go more than that. I had enough material. And as usual, they're actually um, tapping the alarming situation around recruitment, which is why they are continuous to be unconscious bias and a lack of equity. By the way, all these job adverts are for learning technologies, okay? For le learning technologies, it's it's not uh, outside the sector. So I'm going to cover a few examples. I'm not going to cover all the examples because uh, the, there's so much already uh, that what we can talk about. So there was one advert which was looking for, uh, for a person who is able to work evenings, weekends and things like this. Now, these sorts of wording lead to several issues. So if you look at people who've got, so I'm not just going to look at racism here, I'm, I'm going to look at racism within uh, within the context of diversity. And by the end of this example, you'll understand why I'm, 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 I'm 
taking diversity in, in its whole context. So if you look at people who have got intensive caring responsibilities, so here I'm not just mentioning about parents, right? I'm mentioning about any types of caring responsibilities. So it could be somebody taking care of an um, of their children who's an adult but with a disability or it could be someone taking care of of somebody a child with disability or uh, a parent with disability um all, all sorts of issues right mental and physical disability is also inclusive on, uh, in, in those so um when when you have people who have intensive caring responsibility then when they look at these job advert um they most they're more likely to not apply for that so that's one level of diversity gone right because you won't have people with caring responsibilities in your team and you won't know the challenges that uh people face you you won't even think of what are the real things that happen in people's life now um although the focus of today's uh, topic is racism um there is obviously a big uh, a much older um, issue which is gender equity and um, even in the UK, uh, women take more responsibilities when it comes to family and caring responsibilities. And um, this is, by the way, not a sectorial issue. It's a very, very generic issue. And uh, there may be few men with caring responsibilities who might apply, but there, it is less likely that many women um, with evening um, caring responsibilities would apply. This is just the way that uh, men and women look at job advert and decide whether or not to apply. Uh, now, one subsequent issue that you've also got, uh, just with that one single phrase, right, that's in the job advert, uh, one subsequent issue that you've got, which is not part of recommend, but which is when you plan work and you're doing work allocation, it is likely that staff with um, uh Caring responsibilities, well, they are humans, right? And there will be emergencies that they'll have to take off one one evening and won't be able to do the, uh, to do the job. And then what happens is um, subsequently after six months time or more, um, a longer period, uh, people who don't have caring responsibilities end up getting more job to do. And this is then uh, not a good planning uh, which which has gone into it because you are looking into people to do things that are not um, conducive to the challenges that uh, people real people have. Uh, now putting all these that I've just said uh, into a racism con context, when you look at ethnic families, even in the UK, right, um, many still exist as extended families. Uh, yes, there are more hands to help, but there are also more to do. Okay. So if you consider an ethnic woman living in, in such a family and who has, um, let's let's say, who has caring responsibilities and all these now, now that person is unlikely to even look past that sentence because she'll say, no, I can't apply. Okay. Now, we've, uh, I only look at just one sentence in that, um, uh, just one phrase in that advert that, I'm, that I've picked so many problems and I've highlighted now. And obviously there are other stages so uh, to recommend it's not just application it's shortlisting it's interview stages so i think i'll let your imagination go on that how much unconscious bias there can be more in that just because of that sentence yes yes yeah no i'm aware i mean you know from as a hiring manager and a head of department i'm aware of those kind of uh, um 
you know the the biases that come into play um, within various hiring processes and the consistency or lack of consistency in application by you know managers hiring managers in doing so as well which is really um, not uh, not a great thing for um, bringing in talent into an organization um, I'm going to cover actually just few more uh, very briefly because there's so so much to talk about uh, one advert had something around which was very upsetting which was a first degree um, we already knew there is a huge disparity between white and uh, POC person of color students whether it is in school dropout school achievement grade going for higher education university dropout and obviously uh, completing with first degree right and black graduates are 12% less likely to gain a first-class degree. Now, these figures, by the way, are just uh, for black graduates. They do not even consider the whole ethnic diversity. So let's say somebody um, with uh, Asian background or um, Latino background is not even in that figure. Now, this advert is within ECHI, and it is alarming because whoever put that advert out, it's thinking that learning stops when the graduate uh, completes their last exam in coursework. Um, and I've looked at that uh, job in detail, actually, and it doesn't require a first degree to do that uh, job. And uh, they also had a wording which was only candidates satisfying the above criteria should apply, which means that um, while a child would be saving through, uh, they would eliminate anyone who hasn't got a first degree. Well, this is, by the way, um, you, you said that automatically on the system and, and it eliminates, right? And this job, by the way, has a mean salary of 40K. And there you go, a whole bunch of POC graduate will be eliminated uh, at the application itself uh, because somebody believed that only a first class graduate will be, quote, patient, have good interpersonal skills, be a team player and have diplomacy, unquote. Um, there's so many things wrong actually around that advert. I'm not going to go into all the wordings that it had, um, but it was clearly something that Nobody um, in HR hiring manager sat down and thought about it. Uh, one other thing, one other advert had um, that was also something that quite appalling. So it, it had a phrase which was like, please be aware that University X reserves the right to close this vacancy early should sufficient application be received or all right. And then just few sentences um, below, it had University X is committed to supporting and promoting equality and diversity. The, the usual thing blurb that we see all universities publish, right? Now, so um, there you go. <laughs> people who are working long hours to meet ends, people um, with uh, disabilities who can only fill an application with the support of another person or uh, assistive technology. Um, uh, and let's say that uh, the, the support person uh, can only be available one day before the deadline or two days before the deadline and they've got to wait till then right to apply um, we are not giving a fair chance to for all these people to even apply I'm not even going to assume what will happen if they do get recruited in such a university because clearly there is a lack of consideration for the challenges that real people have um, now this particular example about um, We'll close the vacancy, but we're also looking for equality and diversity, right? It shows two things here. It shows one, actual manager um, doesn't even want to see you through too many applications. Uh, the, basically, they've got to look at the application, right? 
and then um, hide all the personal details and all this. So that's an HR task. Uh, so they don't want to see from any application. And two, it's HR and hiring manager just want to appoint. They are not interested in the best candidate. So usually this comes from the hiring manager. And um, they are just interested in the candidate they want, which is then most likely going to be the mini-me recruitment model. Now, one of the wording which was also quite upsetting um, was friendly. Uh, I don't need to go even deep into this issue, but just one statement uh, um, from me I think would be enough. Black males are 19 times more likely to be stopped and search. That's 19 times. It's not 100% um, versus 119%. I need to spell this out because there are still people who don't understand um, what what those figures are about. It's 100% versus 1,900%, okay? And this is a figure that's not even showing much decline. Um, friendliness is, is something based on personal perception. And I'll let the listeners of this podcast think of the equity here. Um, and obviously, as I've said earlier, this is just the application stage. You've got the shortlisting stage. You've got the interview stage, the presentation stage, and uh, where then unconscious bias will come in. Uh, by the way, uh, I've only looked at the advert blurb without going into detail in the job specification, person specification, and four out of six have failed massively. One was, I don't even know why they've even put it out, it was, it was terrible. So what makes a better job advert? Well, one that doesn't exclude people with challenges. And um, as I've said earlier, um, four out of these six blurbs failed, uh, just by the way, looking at the blurbs, right? And um, potentially looking at the whole job specs and the person specs, potentially all six might have failed. Um, but that's the current situation um, in, in HE and, and in many sectors as well. These job adverts that are not at all properly framed with that mm. uh, with equity in mind these have been approved and authorized by HR and that's why they are out yes yes no you're right you're right um sometimes the 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 um the power balance doesn't lie in HR because it could be the hiring manager or, or senior colleague in 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 the institution also pushing for things to get done very quickly um so that the, these kind of issues aren't looked at in as much detail as they should be in order to get um, the the right person, but also to add to the diversity of thought within the organization. I wonder um, what you think needs to happen within um, learning technology and within higher education in order to make recruitment um, and selection and um, you know hi hiring staff more um, equitable and to you know mitigate um, against um, you know unconscious bias and racism and other um, injustices yeah i'm just going to quickly touch on the second aspect uh, to, to what we just talked about job advert uh, which is basically in, in the first post that i wrote as part of the uh, recommend and development subgroup which is particularly to our sector, which is uh, how temporary most of the contracts are. If you look at uh, on the internet, there are so many temporary roles, so many agencies that are working on filling temporary role and uh, short job, job to, uh, contract. Uh, some of them are in three months, 
And in our sector, we basically uh, look into recruiting uh, even VLE admin or learning technologies and designers for new courses. And then once uh, it's over, once the, the design is done, the VLE side is done, it's, it's that's it, right? The end of the contract. Mm. But we should really rethink about that because in short term contract, there's no uh, development. There's no development journey. So if you're recruiting, let's say somebody who is for a couple of months, they probably, you have not probably even got them to do the mandatory online training, right? Probably they've done it, but there's no development uh, plan. So they don't get to basically look at what racism is in detail, just doing an online training. Unfortunately, that's a performative anti-racism technique. And what you get at the end of the day, you get a person who is basically hopping from a short-term contract X institution, Y institution, that institution, but without a full awareness and without the proper tools to know how to basically even communicate and act according to the policies that HR has put in place. And you want them to uh, work with uh, a team of internal and external stakeholders. This is a, a problem we've got, which is very, very sectorial to us. Gender equity is still a big issue. And when it comes to ID, um, it's a big problem because we still think that this is a very uh, male, do- not that we still think it is, a st- it is still a male do- dominated uh, sector. And um, there's so many intersectional um, issues there, obviously. But hmm. uh, I-, I would say what-, what we can do basically, everyone should feel that they belong to the institution, first of all. We should all, whether it is a white person, whether it is a POC, whether it is somebody who thinks they are an ally, actively works toward improving the environment for all stakeholders. And there is no one thing alone that we must do. Actually, there is a list of analysis and action in a very much cyclical pattern that needs to happen at all levels. That is both horizontal and vertical, however you are in, uh, your management is, right? So from VC, senior management, uh, line teachers and everything, uh, uh, but also uh, horizontally within the team and within the department. And the first step that I would say there is HR. Fix your HR. You probably won't get it 100% right because HR doesn't like to get fixed and they doesn't they don't like to get um, to get told what they should be doing. But having a fair proportion of equity within the HR department will help dissipate um, equity throughout the institution because that's where the main problem arises. Because HR look at all the procedures. So if you've got somebody uh, coming to them because of bullying, because of racism, because of, I don't know, gaslighting and all sorts of things that happen, they should know what is the corrective measure that should be applied there. Not be scared of, you know, X person, Y person, oh, this one is a dean, or that's, that's the issue there. And then obviously comes next the senior management. That's a tough <laughs> Hmm. when when tackling you know when they get a difficult question oh that's confidential <laughs> because accountability is an issue there and there's a lack of transparency hmm. and one of the things that is not happening in HE currently in UK HE is um, we say that we'll do something or we say that we did something but actually there's nothing existing on, on the ground hmm. yeah by this stage, uh, Centenary have gone through so many Atenas one applications, so many uh, race equality charter application, proposal plan, and everything. And I can tell you, the more that I go through them, 
I get to see that there's a whole bunch of things which are said in, uh, to be in place in institution, but which are, are not in place. Somebody has very nicely written, uh, you know, an application. Uh, the institution or the department is getting an award, bronze, silver, gold, whatever, even if you want platinum uh, for it. And whoever most probably coordinated the report gets a promotion, gets a staff award, an excellent award. And why are we fooling ourselves? Yes, yes, yeah. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. There is... Um... There is an element of that um, just to tick the box and uh, uh, be shown to be doing something um, that's shiny that can be put under on a, a footer of a, of a, of a letterhead um, and that's it. Um, yes. And that's very, very sad because there's no place for you to even report these things. Right now, like if you go to, let's say somebody has written a very nice um, policy charter and none of these that they've written is existing is even in place where do you go to uh, report that you can report that internally that's that's where we massively all of us are failing on that because it's people who are awarding uh, these and it's also people who are receiving it people who are accepting it uh, as they are as a you know as a matter of uh, something that cannot be changed and this is how it's going to be and this is you know there will always mm. be the, the higher and the if you look at, at in Etchu, which is very sad, um, you you have basically uh, senior management versus bottom employees, okay? And then you've got line managers versus employees. I don't know what this, this separation is about because line managers are stacked. <laughs> they are employees on the institution. When senior management talk, they will differentiate between line managers and staff. Why? When, when there is a bully, a bully is a bully, okay? It's not because a line manager or a senior uh, uh, management staff is a bully, you will say, oh, you know, you're separating them. And you, you've kind of got class, higher class, lower class, and now put that in a racism context, that's what exactly you've got. You've got the white colonial masters, and then you've got slave slash indentured laborers as well, which is very, very rarely spoken about, by the way, um, which mm. is just another form of slavery that happened mm. um, and this is how we, we are running actually sadly at the moment well, all this basically stems from one main thing which is tackling ethics in general within actually um, at the moment i'm actually writing um some ideas for a book that not, that's not going to get published yet for very good reasons uh where but i'm talking about ethics and bullying there uh, and all the related matters and why ethics um is an issue and and uh, there's also a, a piece that I'm writing at the moment which is about resilience uh, whenever somebody goes to HR uh, the, the one solution that HR tells to everybody who is bullying, being bullied go and build your resilience I mean I'm sorry uh, the person who has been brave and strong enough to come and tell you that there is an issue and now you're telling them that just go and accept the issue that's what basically those resilience courses are about just go and accept them and don't talk about them. So if you look at me, for example, my name is Tirumani. Let's say somebody has called me T and um, I'm upset about it. And I've said, look, this shouldn't be done. That's not right or something like this. Right. Just go and um, do a, a resilience uh, um, course. And then next time somebody tells you, calls you T, just accept it and move on. That's not called resolving racism, I'm afraid. <laughs> No, it's it's um it's always the individual's responsibility as opposed to the institutional responsibility and accountability um, yeah. for for this, which is um which probably stems from um, kind of a Western culture of being more, you know, it, it's it's the response, you know, the this idea of individualism as opposed to a community 
you know approach which is more um, of an eastern idea you know in india in in parts of east um, southeast asia um which is which is kind of you know this that idea is coming out in um in the way institutions are run um as businesses um and are run for profit and money um and you see any uh, people don't want to to even go to a trial because of this reason because at the end of the day they'll just uh, there'll be too much gaslighting i mean answers if you get people saying well you chose to be in the country I mean, the way that we respond to bullying, uh, racism in their online managers in the UK currently, who don't even know what POC means. And uh, I know people who don't even know um, why being is, is, not, um, is not an inclusive term. But that's where we are. And we need to address this. We should stop sugarcoating things and we should stop putting the blame on the person. So basically, someone... Uh, who is saying there is racism issues is like are you sure these sorts of, of questions you should stop telling people are you sure uh is are you sure it's not in your head we should stop doing that we should seriously stop doing it but it is happening very very much still happening mm. it, it is yeah and i think um um some um institutions not just he but elsewhere as well um you've got and, and and this is something I, that I've seen um, myself is that some organisations, HR departments are essentially, and you know it's worth pointing out as well um, to to listeners that HR departments in most institutions are working for the, the executive. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, I've kind of uh, renamed them now. They are not human resources. They don't look at all humans uh, in the same way. I'm afraid. No, they 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 don't, um, and um, uh, that's also sad, you know, state of affairs. Because actually, most uh, you know educational institutions are, are actually. I know, obviously, people need to uh, be profitable and you know be um, you know accountable through metrics and various um, things. But mostly, these um, these you know the, the, all of these um, institutions are people institutions it's about the people if you, if you if it's not about the people the staff and the students so both if it's not about the people then it's not an educational institution exactly and that's why one of the first thing that i said is hr needs to be fixed because if the human resources uh, and how they're looking at humans is wrong, then you'll get everything wrong. Because at the end of the day, we are not uh, basically recruiting a person, we recruit a role, and we expect the person to fit the role without looking at that. That person has a skin color, that that person has feelings and emotions, and we just, we will fail everywhere. As you said, it's very sad. As someone who's um, African-Asian, you know, looking into... Uh, mm. Uh, UK Echi, before I came to the UK, if you had asked me, is that how I would have anticipated the UK Echi environment to be able to have told you, no, oh, this is this this will be how it is, because this is how, how they picture it, right? You read all these books, you look at all these videos, and you think, wow, that's great. But then when you go through that, when you go through day-to-day -day racism, uh, that literally kills you bit by bit. And um, there are so many, I, I'm also putting together as part of what I was telling you, talking about ethics, writing about ethics, is um, I'm planning to put together uh, real life examples of um, 
of what usually happens when uh, people talk about bullying, report bullying or report racism. Like, for example, if let's say somebody has reported uh, an issue which is very big uh, and then after a couple of weeks, you just see the person leaving and obviously HR will say very little about it. But what has probably happened is basically HR and many institutions like to get rid of people. The, the black angry woman is, is everywhere, right? Because the moment you, you're hmm. black, you've got a mouth that you're using like everybody else, right? But you're not allowed to speak. That's hmm. that's why racism still exists, right? It's all the it's all the relationship that it had to slavery because uh, an indigenous laborers as well, you were not allowed to speak of uh, whether you had food, whether you didn't have food, whatever they do to you, you had no right to speak. And um, black women, uh, when they do speak about issues, even if it's not even about racism, if it, it is, I don't know, just reporting simple things hey, this is happening in the office and I think it should not happen, right? Simple thing, nothing to do with racism, but just, you know, a black woman reporting this is still perceived as a problem. <laughs> hmm. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. Perceptions um, and ingrained um, views um, by some, some, some people. Yeah, I would just add that now reflecting on, on the the day-to-day and, and you know, all the racism and the di- lack of diversity and all the challenges, not just racism, as I've said, there's gender, there's, there's disability and everything, right? I've given quite a few examples. Now, if you put that in the context of learning technologies, somebody who is basically sharing learning uh, uh, materials along with academics and basically who's got to, uh, who, who is in an advisory role of what's the best technology to use or what's the most appropriate technology to use, mm. with reflect like for example you've got institution that still don't use captioning okay mm-hmm. yes because oh we don't have any hearing impaired we will wait for the first impairing impaired student to to, to or seriously is captioning only for impaired students they've got to think about that uh, around if you have just one or two people with disability basically they have little weight and mm. these lives don't matter in the grand scheme of how profit minded uh, UKHE is and mm. uh, it's not just a you know a momentum of Black Lives Matter because somebody passed away because every day there is somebody passing away from uh, bullying racism and all these things We've got to create a better uh, place for ourselves a better society it's not just work environment Thank you to Dr. Tiramani Nadan for her time if you have any comments suggestions or would like to take part in a future episode then please contact us at TalkingHEPod on Twitter or email santanu at santanuvasant.com. Until next time, I've been Santanu Vasant and this has been Talking HE. Mm-hmm.